Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. And then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, We have children's ministry available for both services. And if you need to get more information on the church, you can go to calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bible open, we'll be in our verse-by-verse study as we continue Advent. We'll be in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 14. The title of this sermon is, And the Word Became Flesh. Here's the first half of this two-part study. So I entitled this, The Word Became Flesh, as we continue our Advent teachings. Uh, In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as only the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So this past weekend, one of the things that we did is we spent time actually making sure we give you the prophecies that were fulfilled with the birth of Jesus Christ. It's important that you understand that, that, that Jesus is real. It's important that you understand that the prophecy that was given about Isaiah was given some 700 years prior to the birth of Christ. Uh, and, and, and I think that's one of the things that we, we have to look at is like as we look at uh, our lives is how, how have we accepted Christ in our lives and and. Does it affect us when we read these scriptures? I mean, it should. I mean, at the end of the day, we just got done learning about the, the death and the resurrection, of the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And now here we are at the birth. One of the things that I see, and, and, and it is an issue that I have, is, is authenticity with Christ. If a church is going to be healthy, marriages have to be healthy. If a church is going to be healthy, families have to be healthy. If a church is going to be healthy, the church has to be healthy and then it affects the community. There has to be authenticity in our life. That means the the fact that that the person I am here is the person you need to know when I'm not up here. It has to be authentic. That's important to me. I cannot stand, and I think when we look at our culture, we look at the things that are going on in our world, is we have a, a, a church that has not impacted the culture the way it should because our marriages are not healthy, our families are not healthy, and the churches are not healthy. We're not living by what Christ's Word says. And so I think when we look at Christmas and Easter, I, one of the things that's so easy for us to do is to check out. I already know the story. I've already heard this. I've already, I, you know, How many times are you going to give me this? Right. And, and that's I, I mean, I trust me, I, I sat and listened to Joe teach Christmas Advent for 10 years. And every time I was there, I learned something, something new. 
If your heart is here and you're ready to learn, God will show you something every time you walk through the doors because you're here to worship. That's an important thing for us to remember. And I talked to y'all about this last year. A lot of times what we know is that, that there is a uh, more kids that can give you the attributes of Santa Claus than they can about Jesus Christ. And that's sad. I mean, that's really sad because what happens in our lives is we spend more time focused on the holiday and not on the birth of Christ and the Savior. And, and I love what Pastor Greg Glory said. He, he said this a few years ago, and I remember him saying, he goes, what you, what you need in your life is not presence. You need the presence of Jesus Christ in your life this holiday season. You need it for Christmas. You need it every day of the year. And what happens is a lot of times people will, it's Christmas time, I need to get my relationship right with God. It's Easter, it's time for me to get my relationship right with God. People will go to men's retreat. They come back fired up. Two weeks later, they're back doing the same old thing. I always challenge the men whenever I teach is I'm like, one of the things I would pray for is that you would be this on fire for God in January. Because we would always have the retreat in October. You'd hear them. They come back and they're singing and worship. By the time we get to January, they start disappearing. And so when we look at the Word became flesh, the Savior is born, it's, it's a reminder that it's the Word, uh, is Jesus Christ. The Word, a Savior is born. In 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 18, it says, But will God indeed dwell with man on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. We know that, that, that Jesus is the Word and He was there from the very beginning. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was, uh, that was uh, made. So who is the Word? Fully God, fully man, Jesus Christ. Came on the scene 2,000 years ago, but He's always existed. And there'll be cults and, and people will have their own version of what they think Jesus is. And it's, you got to be careful with that stuff. Right now, there's a, a, a movement of, of spirituality. And what that is, is we'll take a little bit of Buddhism and I'll take a little bit of Hinduism. Kind of like what the Mormons do here. And I mix it all up together. And that's my faith. And you create a Jesus Christ in your head that's not from the Bible. The Word. Because He is the Word. And, and so we need to be very careful how we look at the Scriptures when we look at them is to understand that, that if it's contrary to what the Bible teaches, then it's, it's not true. You know, everybody will sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on their religion. Man-made religion. They all have to have a little bit of Jesus to draw you in. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me or comes to the Father, except through me. You don't, you don't go, there's no other way. And so that's why when we look at it, we, we see the Word became flesh. He's the first created being. He's always been. He's always existed. In John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And that goes back to the I am statements in the book of John. Very important. Which goes back to God 
Tell them who sent me. I am. It's very important. Everything pieces together in the Bible. The truth is there. You have to be willing to look at it. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, he says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So Jesus abandons his sovereign position. And we know that from reading Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count it equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Jesus the Savior is born. We're going to go over these verses this weekend in Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 38, as we look at the announcement of his birth. And you're going to see that Zacharias and Mary had two different responses. One handled it very well. The other lost his voice. One was religious, was actually going into the Holy of Holies, a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And he questions the messenger of God. And, and as we, we look at those scriptures, we'll look at the announcement. We see the way that Mary handles it. In Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 38, it says, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and we call the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give, him, give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. We know in, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, David was given the, the covenant of, of the kingdom continuing. That the Messiah was going to come and his, his rule would continue through the Messiah. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12-16, through 16, it says, When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish a throne of, a, of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But the steadfastness love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever the word becomes flesh in hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 it says for we do not have a a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are yet without sin and we've talked about this before you have a savior that actually was went through pain he knows what it is to be tired he knows what it is to have to deal with the temptation of sin but he knows with it better than you do because he was tempted by the devil you're tempted by the things of this world and the demons the devil ain't got time for you he's dealing with the big fish because he has to be involved in all the stuff that has to happen for the one world system that's coming and the new world order he gives you the the demons and the demons already know how to get you they know what your weakness is. But the Savior endured this world and He did it without sin. Without sin. And so that's why it's important for us to understand. Like when we look at the Scripture, we have a high priest that can sympathize with us. We have the, the lineage of David, the house of David, which will continue forever, which is another prophecy that was fulfilled. 
And so when we look at Jesus, we know that Jesus is not just a good person or just a religious leader. He's the Messiah, the Savior. And, and the thing that, that we need to look at is if you look at any, and, and this is really, it should be telling to anybody who ever studies religion, is if you look at the prophet Muhammad, there's no prophecy of his birth or resurrection. None. If you look at Joseph Smith for Mormonism, <laughs> there's no prophecy of, of Joseph Smith being born. Not 700 years before he was born. If you just study the Scripture, same with the Jehovah Witness, Charles Tate's uh, Russell. There's no prophecy on him either. None. And we talked about it this week, and there's over 300 prophecies on Jesus. And, and we went over them. This is why it's very important. Fulfilled. Fulfilled, fulfilled, coming from the seed of Abraham, fulfilled, coming from the seed of Jacob, fulfilled, from the, from the line of Jesse, fulfilled, born in Bethlehem, fulfilled, right? One thing after another, and yet people will, won't, won't believe in Christ. But because there's this new spirituality, this new progressive Christianity, what happens is, that, well, I do, I do believe Jesus, was a good person, or I do believe Jesus is, was the Messiah, but I also believe in this other thing over here too. And that doesn't work. Jesus said to, that you need to die to yourself daily, meaning that everything that you are should be dead, meaning that He has a new life for you. You shouldn't look like the old person anymore. So when we look at that, we, we know that the Word became flesh one of the things that we'll look at this weekend is, is when Mary says, for nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said to him in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. According to your word. Mary is somewhere in the age of 17 to 20 years old. Okay? Young. Young. And yet, within that, she has enough spiritual maturity to say, let it be to me according to your word. To the messenger of God, Gabriel. <coughs> and yet you had a religious leader, Zacharias, who studied religion his whole life. Questioned, how can Elizabeth have a baby? She's I mean, she's old, right? He's questioning. And so this is very important for y'all to understand. I want to make sure y'all get this because I, I, I see this a lot. It doesn't matter if you've been walking with God for 20 years, 30 years, 10 years, 5 years. Somebody like Zacharias who spent his whole life studying religion missed it. And yet this young little girl who had no formal education on any kind of Jewish culture as far as that was concerned, the Bible she might have had some, but she believed. And so what happens is sometimes what you'll have happen is you'll have, and, and, and I've had this done to me. It's, it, it drives me crazy. Well, you're a baby Christian. I remember when I first started following God. That, first off, that's Christianese. You should never use that term. You know what? doesn't matter where you're at, how many years you've been doing, you are all followers of Christ. Period. That's it. All of us. We're all on the same walk. Hopefully all of us are on the narrow path. But what happens sometimes when somebody is very young in, in Christ, they're on fire. They're actually, they're actually in their word. 
And they just go, you know what? He says, I, let it be according to your word. And they just go, go for it. What happens is as we get further away from our testimony, the longer time that we have, we have to ask ourselves, is that fire still as hot as it was when we first started following Jesus? And if it's not, we need to ask God to relight it. Because at the end of the day, it's like we, we have God's word. And if the word became flesh, which is Jesus Christ, and it's his word that we are looking at, it's been given to us as God breathed, how do we spend time in it? How do, we, how do we actually use it in our lives? In Psalm 119.11, it says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. You want to prevent sin? Start storing up God's word in your heart. <laughs> it's the greatest combat for, for temptation is God's word. We, we, we need it. In Psalm 119.105, a verse we all know very well, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Word of God is your GPS for your life. And, and, and it's, it's something that we, we have to desire to be in on a daily basis. It's what guides our life. And I've told you all this, I, you know, whether you read it or you listen to it, but you need to be in it. You need to be in it. And if there's a book that excites you, jump in it. For some reason, if you're like, man, I really want to read, like I wanted to read Ephesians. And then I was like, I think I'm going to teach that. So I just started reading Ephesians. It's, it, you know, it, if, it, if there's a book that's exciting you to go into, if it's Revelation or if it's the book of Daniel or Nehemiah, whatever it is, jump into it and go for it. And read it. Learn about it. Let it be the GPS for your life. Because I always say if, 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 if there's a, a book of the Bible that you're excited about, I believe that that's, that's God's way of speaking to you and saying he's going to speak to you through that book. Because he's already put it on your heart to read. And you need to do it. When we sit and try to pray about how we're going to do studies or what we're going to learn and teach, we have to pray about that. And a lot of times through my daily reading with my wife or stuff that we go through, it's something that sticks out and I go, I want to dive into that more. <coughs> and that's what's important. You should be excited about being in God's Word. Allow it to use to be your GPS for your life. As we know the word became flesh in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, and it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration with Canarius, was uh, governor of Syria, and all went out to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up to Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were uh, there, the, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to the firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And we went over these prophecies that were fulfilled in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. You can also read in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, of the peace there will be no end. And of the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uh, uphold it with justice, with the righteousness from the time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of the host will do this. And we know that, that the... 
the Word becomes flesh and dwells with us in Luke chapter 2, verses 8. It says, in, they, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto, uh, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I love that because the Word becomes flesh and the shepherds get notified and the shepherds would have been the lowliest lowliest people in the right they i've told y'all this before the shepherds couldn't even testify in court they wouldn't let them you think about today you think that 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 the announcement would come and who it would come to and and it comes to the shepherds and the shepherds would have understood the 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 care of a newborn lamb and that the lamb should be without spot or blemish they were taking care of the temple lambs for sacrifice. And they're the ones who get the announcement. And we know in Revelation chapter 5, verse 12, it says, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. The Lamb of God who is perfect, who took away the sins of this world for us, who died on the cross for us. I love it in Luke chapter 2, verse 13. It says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace among those with you whom is, whom is pleased. It's funny. For some reason, everybody wants peace during Christmas time. You should want that every day of the year. Because God has called you to be peacemakers. It's, it's, we got to get away from the fighting. We gotta, I've told y'all this, and I'm, I'm dead serious about this because I've seen it on both sides. We're, the church is not here to, to, to turn out Republicans and Democrats. That's not what the church is for. The church is here to, to point people to Jesus and, and to, to see people come to faith and then come alongside them and disciple them and then send them back out. That's what our responsibility is. Right now, I don't see too many people that are trying to be peacemakers. Everybody wants to argue about everything. Lord have mercy. They argue about everything. Everything. Let, it be, let you be known to be a peacemaker. That's what God's called us to be. And, and, and guess what? There's going to be times where you, there's just not going to be any peace. But you continue to be the peacemaker. In John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Let me tell you, the, the world has a lot of things that will trouble you. And if you focus on them, it'll even make it worse for you. And you'll have no peace. A lot of people lost their peace over the last three years. Between elections, between pandemics, between social problems and riots. And we just saw, like, people just freaking out. And, and for us in the church, we, we have the peace of God. We have the peace of God. And, and we, should, we should be understanding that. Uh, with that peace that that through God's will it's like we're we're at the end of the day we need to understand that that there's an opportunity for us to be those peacemakers but you have to have peace first so if you don't have it how are you supposed to be a peacemaker with somebody else right somebody's 
at work and they're getting on your nerves, you need to sit down with them and say, hey, bro, is there something going on? Have I done something to step on your toes? Right? Because, man, we, we just aren't on the same page. And we need to get on the same page. And sometimes, you, you know what it may end up being? Something's going on at the house. Or somebody's sick. Or somebody's passed away. And they don't know how to express what's going on because they don't have a relationship with Christ. But you do. But if you're going to sit and argue with them and get mad at them and start throwing wrenches and stuff, <laughs> y'all start going at it. It's like you're not going to win anybody to the Lord that way. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, If you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.